welcome to Take the Upgrade podcast. I'm Julie. And I'm Carrie. And we are sisters passionate about helping others rise to the next level. We are the co-founders and owners of The Natural Shift, and we created this podcast with you in mind. Each week, we will share simple tips that are easy to implement or an inspiring interview, all with the same intention, to raise the collective and to help you step into your best life. We are so excited to have you join us. Get ready to create real progress and lasting change. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the podcast. This is Carrie. I wanted to tell you a little bit more about our special guest today, but before I do that, I wanted to tell you also about a special thing we have going on next month in February. We are running a 14-day self-care challenge that I'm super excited about. We want to really focus on how you can take better care of yourself and show yourself some love. So to be notified about this and any of our other happenings, head on over to our website, www.anaturalshift.com, and you can sign up for our newsletter. That way you will be notified about this challenge and other current happenings. All right, so on to today's guest. She is one of my very good friends. Her name is Dana Moore. I'm super excited for you guys to jump into this episode. But first, here is a little bit more about her. She has always been a lifelong health enthusiast and a natural educator. She was introduced to the concept of essential oils over a decade ago and was instantly intrigued. Five years ago, Dana and her husband, Nate, decided to dive into the business side of doTERRA because it aligned with everything they wanted in life. From that moment on, they have been actively teaching classes and mentoring others and have achieved the rank of Presidential Diamond, one of the highest ranks in doTERRA. She and Nate are also adventure seekers and love to travel, taking risks and making brave choices. At the core of it all, Dana is just a wife, a mom, a friend, just like anybody else. But instead of saying, I don't or I can't, she says yes and lives life to the fullest. All right. Well, I want to welcome Dana Moore to the podcast today. I'm so thankful that she is going to share a little bit of her story with us. It has been so inspirational to myself, and I know that um, the listeners are really going to feel the same way. Dana and I met actually through doTERRA. So thankful that I was able to get to know her better recently on a trip that we took, and um, we just really hit it off, and, and we're like best buds, even though we don't see each other that much. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited that she's on with us today. And and I'd love for you to start out with kind of letting other people take a peek into um, a little bit about yourself, your background, married, kids, all those fun things that would help us know you better. Perfect. Thanks so much for asking me to do this. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, so I live in Wisconsin with my husband and four kids, and we have been doing doTERRA as a business for a, about five years. And um, my background is actually in education. And I went to school to be a teacher and um, I actually have always been one of those people in life that had like the big lofty dreams. So I really thought I was going to go to Harvard um, University to be a teacher because I wanted to go to the best school to become the best teacher. And the irony of it all is I only taught for one year of my life. Um, so I say my backgrounds in teaching, my education is in teaching children, um, but I really haven't done a ton of it. And um, I have no desire to actually do that anymore. I, I love the, the people who teach our children, um, but that's just not me. It's not what I was cut out for. So that's kind of a, that was a rude awakening if you can say that. But um, yes, yeah, so I, I, uh, I, Nate and I, I'll just kind of go back to um, 
who we are and where we're from. I'm not even from Wisconsin. We live here now. I'm from Pennsylvania and he's from Texas. And we met in an internship and then I basically followed him to college and um, chased him down and made him marry me. So <laughs> if when people ask who, who liked who first, it was definitely me um, chasing him. Yeah. Uh, all he, he had a, a great smile and great muscles, and he's just so happy all the time. And so I was just immediately attracted to that. So when we got married, we moved to Wisconsin and kind of started to build our life there. Um, and we got pregnant right away with our first daughter. And so we weren't married very long before we were already expecting a baby and excited about that. And so we went, I went straight into motherhood, which was another huge dream of mine. Like I couldn't wait to be a mama. But within that, um, we had four babies and I'll get into that more of the story there. But we, I actually found a ton of discontentment in that dream mm -hmm. as well. And I think it's funny now because I don't trade any of those experiences with like what, what I thought I wanted in life, but it's sometimes what you think you want and what you really want aren't actually the same thing. And, um, not that I don't want my children. <laughs> I will explain. <laughs> I can, I can relate to that though. I love to see when stay at home moms love to stay at home with their kids, but I quickly realized that was not me either <laughs> when I left my pharmacy job. So I think, I think that it's okay to say that too. Like it's okay to say marriage isn't what I thought it was going to be. Motherhood isn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, I mean, it's just that everybody thinks that I think at some point, right? Yes. And I think that if we give each other permission to say that, it's actually totally okay mm -hmm. because I felt like a failure in motherhood because I didn't want to stay home all the time. Like I would just, it, every day it would start with a fresh gumption. Like we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I'm, you know, I was just such a crafty hands-on mom, like really enjoyed it. But by four o'clock I was done. Like I wanted to check out and be over. And I'm like, you can't check out and be done, right. you know, but I've already given every good thing I had at that point. And, um, and when I had to admit that I like would actually want to work or would love to work or enjoyed working, it was like I had failed motherhood in some way. Mm -hmm. And that was like a really weird mindset for me to get over and took some, some prayer and some intention and really like the support of my husband to be like, you have not failed in this. You just have more in you. I think that's such a strong message. It's like, you're not failing in that, that you're actually called to something more, not better just in addition to, just different then, you know. Um, I even homeschooled my kids for two years, My just my one daughter, kindergarten and first grade, and I hated it. I thought I would love it. And then when it, I just was terrible at it, I was so impatient. I wanted her to hurry up and get everything done so we could like go have fun. And I didn't want to plan her lessons. Like, I mean, I'm a teacher, right? I should be good at this. If anyone is going to be good at this, it's the, it's me. It's the person who dreams of being a teacher and a mama. Mm -hmm. And I hated it. And it was just like, it was hard for me to admit that to myself and everybody else that this isn't for me when I had said over and over again, this is what I'm going to do. Well, some people and, just continue to do that too. And they just yes. are not happy instead of yeah. just saying, wow, maybe I should do something different, you know? Exactly. I think we, I mean, I personally was felt trapped and we don't want to admit failure necessarily. Um, and maybe we don't even know how to call it that it's in our subconscious it wasn't that I was failing. It's just that I wasn't cut out for it and it was time to make a shift. And, um, when, when I released it, I remember driving actually and feeling like I cannot homeschool again. My, 
my younger son, he was four then, and um, I was trying to help him make the letter B, <laughs> and he's just stubborn and willful, and he just could not, like, he would not receive. Like, I was like, why don't we, like, we were going to, like, pour sugar and, like, write it in the sugar, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so creative. I've got all these great ideas. This is, this is my wheelhouse, you know, and he just, like, would not even participate with me, and I just thought, I cannot do this with this boy. I need to, like, save our relationship. <laughs> I called my husband at work and I said, what do you think about Montessori school? And he was like, schedule an interview, sign up now. He's like, I know you don't like homeschooling. I've just been waiting for you to admit it. And it was like the weight of the entire world lifted off my body. Um, And I went into the school the next day and enrolled my kids and they started the next Monday and we were like done. And it was like, but you're so much of a better mom now, probably, you know, just because you have the right balance. Exactly. Because it's the right balance for me and it's not Mm -hmm. the right balance for everybody. Um, but I absolutely enjoy my kids so much Mm -hmm. because we have a natural break every day and they have a life that they can home and tell me about. Mm -hmm. And I have a life that I tell them about and I'm not done at four o'clock with them. In fact, I start basically at four o'clock with them, you know, and carry that through. And it is definitely the balance that's right for our family. So I love it. You know, I really love though, that you were saying that you may not be you weren't as fulfilled as you thought being a teacher to your kids, but yet now you're a teacher of natural living to other people and you love that and you're so good at it, you know? So I think that it's not that you're not a good teacher. Maybe you just didn't have the, the right audience, right. To, to really bring totally. everything I had for you. <laughs> yeah. I want an audience that is not pee in their pants. <laughs> That's right. I mean, like I would be the same way. Is it too much to ask? <laughs> yeah. Love that. Um, well tell us a little bit about your journey kind of, you know, with doTERRA a little bit about, um, where you were before and, um, how it was introduced to you and then kind of what has happened since then. Sure. Um, so even within like teaching and having babies and things like that and the discontentment that was coming with that, um, I was using essential oils from another company. I was always very into natural things. And so when, um, I think I went somewhere and and bought like a headache roller from someone and I was like, Oh, this, I suffered a lot with headaches and I thought this would be amazing. You know, like I love the option of something natural for headaches. So the world of essential oils itself was just not foreign to me at all, um, but it was expensive. That's what. That's how I felt. And the reason I felt that way is because once we started having babies and I stopped teaching, my husband was um, a financial advisor at the time for Edward Jones. He had an office and some assets, but that's when the economy crashed. It was 2008. And so um, when the economy crashed, we lost his business. It was um, pretty much inevitable. People were pulling out all of their investments. No one trusted the stock market. Um, the real estate market took a massive hit. Jobs were taking a hit. You know, you guys all remember. Mm-hmm. Some of us took more of a hit than others, maybe, but it did affect everybody in every way. And so Nate and I are naturally very optimistic. We both have positivity in our top five strengths, mm-hmm. um, which makes um, our relationship pretty simple because we're just both pretty positive about mm-hmm. nearly everything, you know, him probably more so than me um, even. But um, it was like, that's okay. We're college graduates. No big deal. Like we lost a job. We have a baby. I think maybe we had another baby on the way at this point. Um, and we just, I just was like, well, we'll just go find another job. Like, that's why we went to college. Like 
duh, you know, like this, this cannot be difficult. Like it was like the naivety of the promise of education would totally give us a job for the rest of our lives. And that just actually wasn't the case mm-hmm. and isn't the case, but especially at that time in our area, Wisconsin mm-hmm. took one of the hardest hits for unemployment during that time as well. Um, in fact, like President Obama came to visit us. That's how bad it was. It was like, I, we need to inspire this poor city, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so Nate looked for a lot of jobs. He, you know, he um, did some odd stuff. He did some things that were very dangerous. Like he worked for real estate companies that were working with foreclosures. So he'd have to go into um, pretty dangerous areas in the city of Milwaukee and kick in doors, change locks. Sometimes people were living in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very nervous. Like, is he coming home? What time is he coming home? Like it was just a lot of stress. It was a lot of extra weight for someone who's pregnant with a toddler mm-hmm. and all day long creditors are calling us because at this point we don't have enough income coming in to pay our bills. We're barely feeding our kid um, at this point. And so it was just a tricky situation, but you know, I was living my dream. I'm, I'm a stay at home mom. It's what I wanted to do. And and my baby was so little and another one on the way, it, for me going back to work just seemed like inconceivable. It just didn't seem like that was actually the answer. So we really, I put a lot of pressure on him and he really needed to, to take that role. Um, and he did as much as he could, but there was no, there was just not any job that would fulfill what we needed as a family. So as you can imagine, we spiraled into debt because you have to pay to live you know like I love that y'all are so positive though you're like it'll be fine fine. most people would have been freaking out no it took us two years before he freaked out really like two years of like we kept thinking as soon as he gets a great job we'll just pay off our credit cards as soon as he gets a great job we'll be able to get a second car because we had we went down to one car and just kind of shared it and figured that out and things like that as soon as he gets another job we'll do this um, it's just that the job was never coming. And so he ended up joining the army and they joined the army national guard and went out for boot camp. And in that time I ended up living with another family because we just could not even afford to pay rent anymore. Um, at this point we're on food stamps and any assistance possible, you know, all the things that you can do to kind of keep alive, basically feed your children. Um, it's humbling, but it was so wonderful. You know, like it's wonderful that they have these programs when you need it because we we desperately needed it. Um, so I lived. I just we just rented a small room for me and Olivia at, with somebody else um, and lived there while he was away. And um, we were able to live on some income from the army for a little while. But even when he got back, there was no jobs. Mm-hmm. And so we're thinking, okay, he's back from the army. We get a little bit of money from the National Guard. He, you know, he works basically one weekend a month there and, you know, does his, mm-hmm. his thing. Um, and then he'll be able to work. It'll be, it'll help us. We'll finally get out of this mess. And it was just insane. There was just not jobs. And so, um, we went through a whole nother year like that. And at that point we decided we need to file for bankruptcy because we're never going to dig ourselves out of this. And this was before doTERRA. So this mm-hmm. was before an opportunity was there um, but I don't even know that I would have taken an opportunity like doTERRA at that time because I had a bad taste in my mouth about network marketing, just yeah. not even a bad taste, a mindset issue of, you know, in myself. So, mm-hmm. um, Nate, Nate decided at one point to reach out to a few friends to help him with his resume and the economy was starting to slowly see the light of day again, which was helpful. And he got a job, 
um, at an IT sales company in town, which was so close to us. He could ride his bike and come home and see us at lunch, which was like so nice to be home with two babies and be able to see him. And then I had our car because we still only had one. We had one car for eight years, wow. um, just forever long. And um, he would go you know, to work on his bike, even in the winter, most of the time he would ride a bike and then I would have our car to take our kids where, you know, I needed to go. Cause he knew if I stayed home all day, I would like figure uh, <laughs> out of my head. So, um, we went on like that, but you know, the comment that Nate would come home to now at this point we went bankrupt. So our debts are wiped clean, which is like the grace of God for your finances. Mm-hmm. And not that I would ever recommend it or want anyone to have to go through it, but we, definitely recognize it for the gift that it was. Mm -hmm. And then we had a steady paycheck coming in. So we were able to kind of get some things sorted, you know, get our, get our life back in order. Um, we found a lot of contentment just in that, just in, just in like, okay, this is it. This is our life. is going to be very limited. There's something to be said about a a clean slate, you know? Oh, I know in every way, emotionally, physically. Um, that reminds me, I just, like I felt like I remember years ago not being honest with somebody about something. It was just a stupid thing. Like something was broken. They're like, do you know what happened? I'm like, I don't know, but I did. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't honest. And it came back up to my, in my heart like a couple days ago. And I like reached out and made it right. Like I was like, I am so sorry that I wasn't honest about that. I have no idea why, but it was like the clean slate of even your conscience yes. of being like, it's done. It's sorted. It is like, people just carry way too much weight and I don't have any time for that, you know? So I was like, I've got, I will go to the painful depths to get everything kind of cleared out of my heart and my mind and my life. Um, That's an upgrade. Yes. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Such an upgrade. And the funny thing is, is I've actually thought about that particular incident where I wasn't honest probably once a month for the last decade of my life and hadn't dealt with it. And just dismissed it as something little, like, oh, it's not it's really not a big deal. That's, but it just kept coming up and coming up. And finally, I said to Nate, I was explaining because he didn't even know about it. I was like, when you were gone in the army, blah, blah, blah. And I was explaining the story. And he was like, you just need to reach out and tell them. And I was like, I know. And I did the next morning. I just woke up and like took care of it. And it was just done. And the freedom of that is just incredible. Well, it's probably something really small, but like so you said, dumb. Yeah. Like so dumb. I was like, I actually put the weight of that on my life. Um, and, and in a sense, I would say like sold my integrity, my honesty mm-hmm. for what? To yeah. save face for two seconds? Like it right. wouldn't have mattered, you know? But you think about um, how many times we actually probably are, you know, do we do that? Little yes. things and they add up. Little like things. Saying. Yeah. I mean, that is like the theme of everything though, isn't it? The little things add up in both the positive and the negative. You're right. You know, like our debt was little, like we were not out buying like stereo systems mm-hmm. and brand new furniture, like nothing like that. Everything we had was like from the side of the road, the thrift right. store given to us, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was the little like, okay, groceries, diapers, yeah. soap, you know, mm-hmm. like the little things that just add up and in every way it can cause massive damage in your life or it can cause massive freedom in your life. Right. If you're committed to that little thing, you know, during that really hard time though, what do you feel like was, I guess the, the biggest upgrade that you took just to get through that time? You know, I mean, if you look back and think, wow, this is really, this was pivotal. Yeah. In that time, gratitude. I mean, in every season, gratitude, but in that time, 
Um, I think that could have wrecked us. I think it could have wrecked our marriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's basically like super emotional. I think it could have wrecked so much that was solid in our life if we had let it, but we woke up grateful for each other. We woke up grateful for healthy kids, yeah. um, happy kids. We, you know, we were grateful for the things that we had, the one car we had, you know, the, right. the job that was close that we finally got, you know, mm-hmm. um, that type of thing. I think gratitude Gratitude is the freest. <laughs> that's not even a word. Gratitude is the most free, right. <laughs> uh, easiest upgrade I think that anyone can take in their life. Mm-hmm. And it, you just have to do it. You have to choose it on a daily basis. And so our marriage stayed strong in the midst of all of that. I think because we both had that foundation of gratitude, um, you know, for each other. And honestly, I like look back at the season. I'm like, there wasn't a whole lot of upgrades happening. Like nothing was happening in an upgrade except for we were letting our character grow in it and experience actually teach us something. Um, but all through gratitude and yeah, I just, I remember sitting there actually at this one point and thinking, um, I know, you know, listeners can't see me, but um, I have really great teeth. I have really straight, really nice teeth. And I remember thinking, and I've thought this like a thousand times in my life, um, I was so grateful to my parents for spending the money and getting us braces. And I wasn't raised, we weren't raised with a lot of money. We were a one income family. My dad was a logger and then a forester. Um, so it's just really, really um, humble, but happy, you know, mm-hmm. growing up childhood. But my parents um, definitely put a priority on teeth and straight teeth and knowing that it would just help us with our confidence and the things that we would do in life, no matter what. So all four children in my family um, had the fullest extent of dental work and things Mm -hmm. like that done, which I am like so grateful for. But I remember Nate got his job. We could pay our bills and we had just a little bit extra. And I remember thinking, this is going to be my life. And it's going to be fine. I'm going to be okay with it. But I'm going to have to make choices. And I'm going to have to either choose braces or vacation. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and I just thought I will always choose braces for my kids because I know that I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't have the confidence to smile and, you know, to reach out to people and just to be me. And that was a huge part. And it was because I was picked on for the way my teeth were as a child Mm -hmm. too. I don't, I don't think that everyone has to have straight teeth. It's just that I went through humiliation with how terrible my teeth were Mm -hmm. um, personally. And so I just, I just remember deciding that I will give up everything if we can get our kids braces. Mm -hmm. Like I will, I will give it all up. Um, I don't need new clothes. Like I can, I can live on, I know how to live cheap. Trust me. <laughs> like I'm like frugal. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, if we can do the braces scene and I just was like, okay, that's okay. I felt really solid in it. And just, I mean, I wouldn't even say weeks later, I got invited to a doTERRA class. Isn't it and- interesting though? I really think that's a good point that you mentioned that it was so close after that, that you had finally got back on your feet and you were, you know, had, you basically been okay and had gratitude for where you were and that you were okay with that. And lots of times, like, I really think when I look back in my own life that God wants you to be okay with what you have before he'll give you any more. Mm-hmm. If you're not grateful for what you have and, and really not, not necessarily only grateful, just you're, you're just, you're, you just content. trust him with it. You're just content. That's the word I'm looking for, you know? And, yes. and until you are, I just, I really think there's so much more out there for a lot of people, but they're just not, grateful and content with what they have right now. And he's, you know, a lot of times he's not going to give you anymore. 
Exactly. And it's not that you can't reach for more or ask for more. It's that, are you okay though with what you have? Are you and a good steward of it? Yeah. Maybe are you a good steward way to of it? it? Are yeah. you taking care of it? Do you appreciate it? Um, I actually, this is my, such a preach for me with my kids, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they always, kids, you know, they're, they're kids. They want, they need, they have to have, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And it's just part of growing up. Um, but if they're not taking good care of the things that they've already have, like that's where I'm like, uh, mm, mm-hmm. nope, mm-mm. you, you need to take care of the things that you've been given. You're right. thankful for what you have. Aren't you so glad you have a bike to ride, yeah. you know? Um, but we need to put our bike away every day. We need to take care of the things that we've been given. Cause why would I give you more if you're showing me, I can't trust you with what you have. And I think, yeah. I mean, that's just being a, a good parent teaching mm-hmm. our kids responsibility, but how much better of a parent is God to us, you know, like, and he just really wants us to be solid in our hearts about these things. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I found contentment in it. And if that was the extent of our finances for the rest of our life, I think I would still be okay. Like, I just Mm -hmm. think I would have been okay with that, you know? Um, but he and had so much more in store. I know. <laughs> yes. Because he's so good. Um, yeah. So at that point, um, now we're recovering from bankruptcy, which means, I mean, most people probably wouldn't know, but when you go bankrupt, you cannot have a credit card of any kind. And so every single thing that happens in our life is cash. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has to happen for a while. And then you're allowed like a really, really small, meager line of credit, like $350 on a mm-hmm. card, you know, because they don't trust you and they shouldn't. Um, despite how you got there, you're there. And mm-hmm. so it, it doesn't matter. It's very humbling to be like, yeah, yes. we don't have credit, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, um, so I went to that doTERRA class with my best friend invited me over and I, I had I knew ahead of time that I wanted oils and I mm-hmm. knew ahead of time that they were good for us. I knew ahead of time that it would actually help our kids stay healthy um, and going to the doctor just was never going to be feasible, really. I mean, unless that's an emergency, I wouldn't be taking them in right. because we couldn't afford it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this could be actually the missing link. This could help us. And I think we had three kids by now, um, which we have a, a child every two years exactly. Um, and so time has definitely passed. It, <laughs> I know it sounds like I had a baby every other day, but I think... <laughs> So we have three kids by now. And I think when I went to that class, I think I was pregnant with our fourth and didn't know it. So it was like right around the same time. But um, I asked Nate, can I, can I spend $150 on this kit? Um, I like, it gives me a whole collection of oils. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, and he was like, yes, is this an every month thing? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, oh gosh, no, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so funny now. Um, but I just, I had no idea what, uh, anything was with doTERRA. I just mm-hmm. wanted the oils. I just wanted to be a customer. I went to the class. I got my kit right away and, um, I was just, I just loved it. I was one of those people that would, you would call a super sharer. I had wanted nothing to do with the business. At mm-hmm. this point, I was a doula. So I was working as a doula, as a birth coach, labor and delivery coach, um, supporting women through that. And I was really passionate about that. And um, I was using oils to help women um, just through different things, breathing and you know, um, support and stuff like that. And I just didn't want anything to do with the business. And I kept sharing oils though, because I just thought these are the best things ever and everyone should know about them. 
And it took us enrolling and having 75 people within our organization before we both admitted, like, Mm -hmm. this is actually a viable opportunity and we should, like, pursue it. Um, So I remember one year from the date I enrolled, we made a check from doTERRA that was about $600 total, like, between fast starts and everything else Mm -hmm. that we earned that month. Um, and Nate was always the one to open the mail. I could care less. In fact, I think I was so jaded from all the creditors and the people like trying to like collect our money, collect our children, collect anything they could take. <laughs> right. But I was like, I'm never looking at the mail again. I'm never answering the phone again. Like I just can't even deal with the stress of all of that. And, um, he was like, honey, you made what we would need to pay in rent. And at, at this point we're still renting because we can't buy a home. And he's like, you're good at this. And it was like a whole new dream, like burst through my heart all over again. And I was like, you think I'm good at this? And he was like, yes. And I was just, it was like his words changed everything. And I was like, okay, if you think I'm good at this, like maybe we should figure out the comp plan, you know? And Mm -hmm. he printed it out, looked it over, explained it to me. And in 10 minutes I had, I like caught it. And I had tried before to kind of look it over just because I was like, I should probably pay attention to this Mm -hmm. thing. They send me checks every once in a while. I should figure out why, you know, (laughs) I just couldn't, I'm not a very good um, self-learner. I like when other people teach me. Yeah. And uh, he taught it to me and I was like, okay, okay. And he was like, if you, if you're strategic and teach a little bit more, you can hit silver. Like that's how, Mm -hmm. how many people I had enrolled at this point and not really given it much more thought or attention than just educating. And, um, I was like, okay. And so we, it was kind of like all or nothing. And we just went from nothing to all, you know, (laughs) like we just were like, okay, let's try this. And really felt like this aligned with, um, something fresh that God was doing in our life and not something we were looking for or asking for necessarily. But I, you know, just to interject really quick, I do feel like that's, that's a way that you really, you know, since we're talking about taking upgrades, you know, a lot of people, um, not necessarily just in this, but they, they're interested in something, but yet they won't fully commit. They're always kind of stepping their toe right over the line. They won't really commit and run the race or whatever you call it. But the fact that you were like, all or nothing, like, I mean, I love that because it's like, we're doing this, you know, and you're, and you're all in it versus just kind of doing something halfway. I feel like a lot of times we do that. And, and right. You know, I understand sometimes doing that, but I just feel like if we gave something our all, we would get so much more out of it. It's so true. And I understand not being sure if it's for you or not, because I went through that for a year, really just sharing. And my upline was would say, like, do you want to do this as a business or you should? And I was like, no, that's not for me. So it was never like I was confused with my intentions. I was never saying, oh, yeah, I'm doing it as a business and then not. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't um, intending to, but I would share because it was so natural to me. And like, I wanted people to have oils cause they were changing our life. Mm-hmm. And then when, yeah, when you decide to do it, I would just say, decide to do it. Like, right. and what does that mean that you're gonna do it? And, um, Rachel Hollis says, um, like the most important commitment that you keep is the one you keep, like the one you make to yourself. Make yourself. Yes. And that impacts me like on a pretty regular basis because um, like right now I'm working through some dietary stuff and just really trying to be extra healthy. And like, it's, it's so easy to break your own commitments with yourself, yeah. but I'm like, I'm it's doing just, whole 30. So, I'm, <laughs> oh, yeah, you, so okay. you know, you know, the pain <laughs> no. 
<laughs> it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I always think that or if, if I have a workout planned and then it gets to the time where I'm going to work out or whatever and I just don't like feel like it, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I said I was doing this as part of my day and I'm going to do it no matter what. And what if we kept all of our commitments to ourselves? I mean, I our life would be radically different. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's the little things. Um, like I always make my bed um, because I read somewhere, I think it was like yeah. or something like successful people make their bed. And I was like, okay, well then <laughs> heck, if that's all it takes to be successful, I'm going to make my bed. Now, of course that's not what it takes to be successful, but it's like the marker of like consistency mm-hmm. and like organization and habits that you create in your life that actually do create success. And so it's not making your bed that makes you successful. It's the the act of having habits that are healthy and good for you yeah. that turn into like the foundation. way more. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And drinking water doesn't make me successful at doTERRA, mm-hmm. but it makes me feel awesome. It makes me know I can keep my commitments to myself. It makes me feel like I have integrity when I educate other people about right. the importance of water, you know, like all right. of the things and because I do that, then I have consistency and integrity in things that are even bigger that yeah. will make me successful, you know? Right. So, yeah. Um, you know, in yeah. talking about just making your bed, what, what are your other like non-negotiable things that you do every day? They're dumb. I mean, they're like, they're so <laughs> dumb. They're easy. You know, um, I make my bed, I drink my water. Um, working out is a huge non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I go to the gym three days a week and I have a set appointment with a trainer. That's mm-hmm. not something I've always had, but I've always worked out. So even if it was like when I was on a budget, mm-hmm. I was popping in the DVD right. and doing the same thing every day. With so my basically you don't have, a, you don't have any excuse. You can exercise no wherever excuse. you are. I mean, you, you know, it is, exactly. Anywhere. Yes. You can do push-ups and sit-ups in your hotel room or a tiny apartment. I mean, like you have zero excuse not to move. And even when people don't feel good or their health isn't the best, then I was like, okay, what can you do? You know, right. what can start you do? there. You just start there, you yeah. know, and I don't care if it's like I walked back and forth for 20 minutes in my same little hallway, in my same mm-hmm. little apartment or, you know, like yeah. you moved. Um, and the more you do, the more you can do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I actually just started taking self-defense classes too because I actually really am interested in that and mm-hmm. I love the stress relief of it, but I also love knowing like what I'm made of. I think yeah, that I is, love that. It's like important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so working out, exercise, drinking water, like they're the lame things, but um, even like taking my supplements is mm-hmm. like non-negotiable. Like yeah. I won't go to bed unless I've had them all. Um, I carry them with me. I make it simple, you know, so it's just like, I can't skip it. It, you have right. to actually enable yourself to keep your, you have to set yourself too. up for success. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, and sleep. Oh, I'm such a rester, but, um, not like a lazy person. Like, I mean, that's like the opposite, but, um, like I get my sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and if the second I don't feel great or I know something's wrong, I know that I've compromised my sleep and I get back to like a really good strict, like sleep time. Um, so what time, just because I'm always curious what time people go to bed and wake up. Um, usually I go to bed around like 11 and then I get up at 630. Okay. So seven and a half, eight hours probably. Yeah, yeah. I used to like have to have eight or nine hours. I think my children are younger and I think we have to be really gracious to ourselves in seasons. Yeah. Um, but my youngest is five now and he's in school all day. And I 
don't have to be as, you know, like I'm just not as exhausted as mm-hmm. I used to. No one's waking up in the middle of the night. Let's put it that way. Right. So when I sleep, I sleep well. And mm-hmm. so usually, um, you know, 10 to 6-ish, 11 to 6-ish mm-hmm. um, works well mm-hmm. for us. And I feel really good. So I would just say it's different for every person. But women do need more sleep than men. Mm-hmm. It's like scientific. So, right. <laughs> you know, my so husband would think differently. <laughs> do it. Like more than I do. Yeah. I, um, I appreciate sleep. I used to have this really weird backwards mentality. Like I'll sleep when I'm dead and I would just push myself way too hard. And mm-hmm. then I would fall apart. And I realized that was the, just a really unhealthy mentality. Um, I need to sleep to live. Mm-hmm. And the second I know something's off in my body, it's usually actually sleep because I'm so good at everything else, you know, like taking care of myself. Um, but yeah, it's those little things that are just non-negotiables for me. Um, and everything else can kind of go like if, mm-hmm. if I do this or if the laundry gets done or, you know, whatever, yeah. like I can be really flexible. But if those basic things are taken care of on a daily basis, like that's enough that I can thrive Mm-hmm. and do what I need to do. So do you feel like those things have changed over the years or have you always been maybe not as much on the supplements? Uh, cause like um, you probably like, right. didn't know a lot about them, no. <laughs> you know, and their importance, but other things do you think, I mean, you know, just yeah. from where you've come to where you are now, just curious if that's changed any. It definitely has changed and evolved. I think I've, um, I used to be a perfectionist about stuff. And so now I'm not at all, but I do it because I have the heart of like, this is a great habit and it's healthy for me to like do these things, you know? Um, but movement and exercise, I was a a dancer since the age of seven. And so the importance of like pushing yourself physically, Mm -hmm. it was just, it's part of my childhood. It's, you know, um, it's part of my like mindset when it comes to a goal. And I think it's really healthy. I, I love when our kids are involved in things, whatever they love and want to be involved in, because I do believe it teaches them things in their character mm-hmm. um, so that they can, um, you know, have that foundation as well. Cause it will play into other things and doesn't mean like, I don't dance at all anymore. It's not part of my life mm-hmm. whatsoever, but everything that was ingrained in me at that time, I still think plays out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. Um, what do you think, or what do you wish everyone else knew that would really change their lives? That is such a great question. I was kind of thinking about that recently. Cause I always think like, what's your message? Like, what's your main, you know, like mm-hmm. your main gig and, or what bothers you the most about people where you wish you could fix? Right. You know? <laughs> um, don't worry. I don't always look at people and think I can fix them. It's just that I, I want people to live in like the good. Of, exactly. Like of, you have, you know what it's like to feel good in your body and have, you know, all these great things. Like you want other people, you want to bring them in. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I think it's like a growth mindset. Like if if people have a growth mindset in, in whatever way that is, like mm-hmm. when you're stagnant, you know, like when there's stagnant water, it breeds disease. It breeds death. It It is not healthy. Um, it's where bacteria grows. And mm-hmm. like it can be that way in our bodies physically. It can be that way in our minds mentally. It can be mm-hmm. with our souls spiritually. Um, to have this idea to grow. And so I think that like everyone is going to do their life differently. Everyone is going to do their parenting differently and their finances differently. And that is totally okay. But if everyone is like desiring to grow in those things, like to, to understand we're made for more and it's good to reach for more. I think that is like, 
man, if every day you just woke up and thought, yeah. how am I going to grow? What am I going to grow in today? And it might not be everything, but even if it's like, I'm going to grow in my water habit and drink right. it every day, you know, like if we're constantly growing, then there's no room for stagnancy and death and bacteria to kind of take root, you know, within us. And, and sometimes we grow and thrive in different ways. I just, I love the flexibility of that because I feel like that's a mindset that everyone can grab onto. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not like individual to a man or a woman or, um, you know, entrepreneur or anything. It's for everyone, everywhere, even our children, you know, exactly. You know, if I look back, it's interesting that you say that. I I know that's what served me so Mm -hmm. well, just, Mm-hmm. You know, not even like you were saying, not even if, you know, um, with doTERRA owning your own business, really just being a better person in general, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. I just see so many people that are just, they're just content with where they are and then they're not happy with this or that, but they don't have that mindset of, well, I'm just going to start where I can and take the upgrade every day in a little right. bitty way, you know, and I then know. you end up looking back and think, wow, I'm, I'm way further ahead than when I started, you know, that's how it all happens. It's so true. And it's, it is the little things that culminate into the big things. It's the little things that matter. And I think, I mean, that is honestly why I'm such a fan of your podcast and the theme of it all is because it's like, it goes through my head constantly. I'm always like, take the upgrade, take the upgrade and um, choose the hard thing. You know, sometimes the upgrade isn't always hard. Um, sometimes it's just a shift. Sometimes it is though. It's not always going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I don't, I'm not inspired personally by people who take the shortcut that never, I'm not like, Oh, look at them. They took a shortcut. I can't wait. You know, like that's not (laughs) books about people that are taking the shortcut or the easy way out. Like it's just not inspiring. I would say if that's like who you are, like you got to reevaluate things because if you want to inspire other people, you actually do have to choose to take that upgrade on a regular basis. Yep. Because that's inspiring. Like to me, yes. oh, she chose the hard thing and it paid off. She mm-hmm. took the road less traveled, you know, yeah. um, in whatever that. way, health, all the things. But I think I'm just so inspired by all of it because we were at the bottom of the barrel specifically with finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't look like even an upgrade was in sight. You know, it didn't look like an upgrade was actually even possible. It mm-hmm. looked like what was kind of the lot that was given to us in life felt like that's what it was going to be. And even though we had contentment with that, God said, wait a second, that's actually not, this is not the end of the story for you. There's so much more. And I think, man, there's opportunities out there for everyone in loads of ways, like just look for them and, and be okay with taking the risk Mm -hmm. to, you know, to see if it's something that is for you. Um, I'm just so grateful, truly, you know, I mean, it's a different type of gratitude. Um, but it, it comes from the same heart of just like, I'm so thankful that we said yes to something and we're um, given an opportunity to, to do something radically different and change, change our story. Yeah. And a lot of other people's story, right? When you made, when you took yeah. that one upgrade, that caused a ripple effect to thousands and thousands of other people. I think that's the best part because it's like, it isn't just about you, you know, like when I got doula certified, I was I wanted to have a job. I liked that. I, I like serving women, but I can help one or two women a month doing that job. And like now every time I teach somebody, I know I could potentially be teaching thousands through one person. You know, I know that potentially like their life can affect hundreds of people. Even just their family alone is worth it. Even just, you know, it's worth it to me to affect one, but knowing that it 
this has the potential to affect so many is like, it's very energizing Mm -hmm. when I'm educating people. Definitely. You know, I think that's why I'm so attracted to doTERRA as well. Just talking about the growth mindset, because it attracts people that have a growth mindset, you know, because when you incorporate the oils into your life, that's taking an upgrade. And that is, you know, you're wanting to grow in your own personal care and, and taking care of your family. So I know that's what attracted me to doTERRA. I was just thinking about it when you said that earlier. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> well, this has been great. I wanted to ask you a few bonus questions just, okay. just so people can, you know, get to, get to see some <laughs> different things about you, learn more about you. Um, so what book are you reading right now? Um, right now I'm reading a book called be here now and it's by Rob Bell. It's not a traditional Rob Bell book. Um, but it's just about living in the moment and like understanding the present moment as the gift that it is. And it's really good. I really, really like it. I think I need to get that book. I have a hard time with that. Yes. See, that's the thing I do too. Like I'm always like ready for the next thing, Yes, which is it's like the, the work ethic of it and the drive is in itself a good thing, but it can be a weakness for people like us mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who need to like be still and absorb what's happening around us and be like in the moment. It's not the easiest thing for me. So this book is really inspiring and practical, which is, you know, I love. That's so, great. So, yes. So. I'm definitely going to pick that one up. <laughs> okay. What can you live, not live without right now? Um, right now. Okay. I would say, um, cozy clothes. (laughs) Um, we like fall just set in really hard. Um, but we are a huge outdoor family, like huge. We spend hours and hours outdoors. And so I always say there's this quote, I mean, it's not, I didn't make it up, but it's like, you know, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of like an outdoor clothing junkie. Like, I feel like I could have been like born in Canada cause they have all the best like yeah. outdoor gear, you know, I mean, right. all the best. um, but yeah, it's all the warm stuff, all the like quality mm-hmm. warm clothes. In fact, I have like, you know, warm sweaters thingy on right now with thumb holes. Like I want all the things yeah. to be covered in warm, but I absolutely love, um, I absolutely love being outside and I love enjoying nature. And I know that if I'm not dressed appropriately, I don't have a good time. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a really long answer for a short no, I love that. all about the clothes for me. That's basically oh like the opposite of what, I mean, yes. I'm living in the South, so like never gets really cold here. Well, if I'm you super unprepared if it does I'll, I'll lend you all my clothes because awesome. we just know how to do, you know, like the real, the good boots, like mm-hmm. the coats. And then we can actually enjoy where we live, which we like live, you know, around a, a lot of nature and we live right by the lake. So it's really windy, yeah. um, but we can enjoy it endlessly. And that's like my aim, like to keep our kids outside and keep us all moving. Who wants to go outside if you're going to freeze, you know? So, so true. Yes. you know, my husband always says, I say, how cold is it? Is it? And it's like, maybe, you know. 50 degrees. He's like, for you, about three coats cold. Because he knows I'll put on like so many layers. And when he says coat, it's like a sweater or sweatshirt. Right. But for him, that is a coat. And for me, it's just like an additional layer. So I'm That's like, funny. I'm such a bundler. I love that. <laughs> Other than um, that you're prepared for the winter, what do you wish <laughs> everyone else knew about you? Um, I wish everyone knew that I'm funny. <laughs> You are really funny. I know. 
<laughs> that's always when somebody says, um, you're so funny. I always think, yes, <laughs> you get me something right now. Um, humor. I just love humor so much. The funniest person I know is actually my little sister. And, um, I say little, just younger. Um, but she's hilarious. And I think humor is just like such a gift. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think people know me a lot for like the simplicity of what I, what I speak about, like my message, how I do life. Like it's gotta be easy. It doesn't mean that it's, or it's gotta be simple. It doesn't mean that it's easy. It just, it's simple. Um, as few words as possible to the point, to the point yeah. you know, direct with softness, of course. I think that's why I like um, you so much. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm like, we hit it off so well because we speak the same language. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just, if I could just be funny, uh, that would be my thing. Like if I don't make people laugh when I speak, I feel like I've definitely failed. So if people haven't laughed through this podcast, like that's not good. I'm sure they have. You have. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what do you struggle with on the flip side of that? Um, oh, that is a great question. Um, at this point, in my life, I think I am comfortable and comfortable isn't always a good thing. In fact, actually, and you know this because we've talked about this, it's sometimes a really terrible thing. Um, and I'm comfortable in my business. I'm comfortable in my relationships and things. But for me, I need something to reach for. Like I need goals and I need those types of things or I get kind of stagnant and complacent mm-hmm. um, and bored and even like lose my spirit, you know, I'll like lose fire for something. And so um, right now I'm like, I'm just kind of being open to what, what's the next thing, you know? Um, and not that I have to achieve for achievement's sake. It's just that, that, that will drive me and fuel me to be like who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now I just struggle with like, am I too comfortable and then if not, what's next? Cause I don't spin wheels for just the sake of spinning, you know, like right. I want it to be purposeful. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm open to what's next. I think I have a good clear direction, but we'll see how it yeah, goes. That. Okay. One last question. Um, what's your favorite snack and also your favorite indulgence, which you mentioned that you want a strict diet, so you might not can enjoy it right now, but if you could. <laughs> so, okay. My favorite healthy snack um, is I like to slice sweet potatoes like bread. So like real thin and like fat and, you know, sweet potato toast. Yes. I make sweet potato toast. I cook it in coconut oil, like kind of like fry it up so to speak, but don't get scared about frying things. All that good fat is in there. And then I slather it with peanut butter and sprinkle Himalayan salt on it. And, um, because I actually can't have chocolate, my body doesn't respond well to chocolate. Mm -hmm. Peanut butter tends to be like my, um, like, treat so to mm-hmm. speak but it's still so healthy the thing is that's such a healthy snack so yeah. um so sweet potato toast with peanut butter is like my favorite healthy thing and then if I was going to indulge um which I don't usually um it would be like chips and dip like sour mm-hmm. cream and onion mm-hmm. dip with like potato chips like the, like, the, the uh, ruffles <laughs> yes exactly like I mean, I probably would get like kettle chips, you know, oh, okay, they're, okay, like, okay. like they're a little crunchier and they like, they dip better because they don't break. Okay. True. So I'm a little bit um, picky about how those chips go in that dip, but dip, <laughs> I mean, you could not ask for a more disgusting, terrible thing for your body, <laughs> truly. but 
Yeah. If I'm like PMSy or something, yeah. my husband will come home with chips and dip. And that is so you're, you're more of a salty person than a sweet thousand percent. Yeah. Really? So I, I was, I was, I'm like cookie brownie. Like no that. way. Yeah. You could say that to me and it actually makes me more like blue. <laughs> but, uh, when I was, when I was 18, I, well, 19, I took an, I did an internship, but I came home and I had definitely gained weight, um, from not dancing and also just eating like terrible processed food. Cause that's mm-hmm. what they served us. And, um, I had always, I've always been like kind of tiny and like I was a ballet dancer. So pretty thin and stuff. So I came home and my mom was like, what happened to you? Like it just, I just didn't look like me anymore. And, um, I just thought this, I've got to stop. I've got to change something. And so I did, uh, like a sugar fast. So I did for nine months straight. I didn't eat any added sugar, not honey, maple syrup, nothing. Um, except just normal fruit it was the only sweet thing I've ever had for those nine months straight. And I broke that fast on cookies. Um, so cookie, I do like cookies. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think because of that actually, because I went so long without sugar, I reset my body at that point to not crave it. And I never crave sugar. I just don't crave it. And, um, I know that's really long and extreme and you know, no, that's, but, I think I might need to do a nine month sugar fast then. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely changed me. And so now like when, if I wanted sugar, I could totally eat like, like one cookie yeah. or one piece or something like that. And like be extremely content and walk away from it. Now chips and dip on the other hand, <laughs> sure. I, you got to take the bag away. Because we I always have our things, you know, that's right. So maybe I need to do that kind of a fast, but the truth is I don't, I actually really don't eat that yeah. very much either. So, you know, I'm in a desperate place. If you see my, like, if you see me just digging into the dip, right. like, what's wrong with her? The no judgment. Okay. <laughs> We've all been there. And <laughs> coffee. Can I just say, I drink oh, yeah. coffee every day. Now it's good coffee, good stuff in it. Um, I love adding cardamom to it, but I still feel like it's my indulgence because it's like, I love it so much. It I really like, am like, like jealous of your froth. Oh girl, you need to get a coffee maker. I'll I'll send you my link. Um, (laughs) Jenna, my friend Jenna introduced it to me and I couldn't, like, I couldn't live without it. So last Christmas mate got me that coffee maker and yeah, it'll froth anything. It froths almond milk and coconut milk and um, it does make all the difference because then Mm. you feel like you're waking up, you know, in a fancy coffee shop every day. (laughs) This has been so much fun. And like Dana said, if you didn't laugh, then what, you know, you missed out, right? Exactly. You don't have a soul. That's right. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to just get to know you. And I know our viewers are just going to, they're going to love this. Thanks for listening to today's Take the Upgrade podcast. To make sure you don't miss any of our episodes, click subscribe now. And if you love today's episode, we would be so grateful if you would share it and leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about what it means to take the upgrade, including daily tips and inspiration, follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. We also have a free ebook waiting for you on the top three habits to upgrade your health. You can download that by visiting our website, anaturalshift.com and opting into our email. Links are in the show notes. And as always, it's those daily choices that lead to real progress and lasting change. Until next time.